Thank you for listening to The New Norm. I'm Frank Caramano. So it, it just, it never stops, right? There's never not an interesting week in regards to the Philadelphia Eagles. I mean, this week, you know, none different than weeks past here. We had the trade deadline. And all of a sudden on Tuesday, the big name out there was Fletcher Cox. And it doesn't make any you know sense financially for the Eagles. Now, for a team inquiring about Fletcher Cox, it made perfect sense because his salary had been, well, his base salary had been, what, dropped to under a million dollars due to the Eagles prorating it out and essentially creating cap space by pushing money down the road. Something Howie Roseman is just addicted to doing. But the point being here is, for a team trading for him, he became a very attractive piece. And from what it came out was that the Eagles were going to trade Fletcher Cox. They, they, they This was all like lined up. And then what happened was Von Miller was traded. And the Rams gave the Broncos a second and a third round pick for a guy who was on an expiring deal. Now I get it. You could try to argue to me Von Miller is, you know, a greater player than Fletcher Cox, whatever. Von Miller is not Von Miller of five years ago. I'm sorry, that's a spoiler. He's still a very good football player, but I mean, expiring contract and two two day or day two picks. So the Eagles said, "Well, that's what we want. We're not going to trade him for anything less." And as they should. And I guess there was a deal possibly in place with the Raiders, and then obviously the Raiders had, you know, other things far more important than football go down in that organization this week. But you know. The Roseman went back to Mayak and listen, Mike Mayak's their GM. Everybody who knows Mike Mayak knows he's a Philly guy. And whatever came about came about where the trade, you know, it fell through and Fletcher Cox remained an Eagle. And I think that's incredibly beneficial for this team. Listen, I understand where everybody thinks this idea of acquiring assets and draft picks and draft picks. Draft picks are lottery tickets. And I get it. The higher you pick you know, the, the better your chance of actually hitting on that ticket. But, I mean, Fletcher Cox is a proven player. I understand his best football is potentially behind him. I know that he is an older player, right? But that does not mean that he is a bad player. And I get it. His numbers this year have not, you know, blown people out. And they're not what people expect from a premier defensive tackle. Well, this scheme does not... You know, it has not registered for really anybody besides Javon Hargrave. So, I mean, this last game against the Lions was the first time where we saw the defense playing with any aggression. And we saw some of the defensive linemen get some numbers. But guess what? Again, this is a mirage to me until we do it against a team that actually presents a challenge. Because I get it. I picked the Lions to beat the Eagles because I was just done picking the Eagles. But... You know, it it became quickly evident in that game that the Eagles were going to probably run them out of the building. They had more talent than the Detroit Lions. And the coaches were not sabotaging the players. The game plan, I told you, I said it. There was going to be a 100% adjustment from Jonathan Gannon because there was so much heat on him. He had no choice, and he did. Now, again, they have no wide receivers. They have a tight end, that's it. And the quarterback is afraid to get hit. So everything just made sense for him to be aggressive. And... I want to see it translate over to this game. But Fletcher Cox staying with the Eagles clearly gives the Eagles a better chance. Now, the the big thing talked about, too, is can the Eagles make the playoffs? Of course the Eagles can make the playoffs. I, I love that people don't think that that's possible, but it is. 
I mean, here's the remaining teams we play, guys. You're playing the Chargers on Sunday. They're coming on two straight losses. They lost to uh, the Ravens by about 50, and then the Patriots just beat them in Los Angeles. Then you're going to be playing the Broncos, or I'm sorry, the Saints, with Jameis Winston's ACL just exploded. So, you know, unfortunately for him, his season's over. Now, we beat Taysom Hill last year. That's a good thing because he'll probably be the starter when we play them again or Trevor Simeon, whatever. Um, then we play the Broncos. And then it's the Jets. And then it's the Washington and, and New York uh, two times each. And then Dallas the last week of the year. And that game probably means nothing for the Cowboys. So to sit here and tell you that the Eagles don't have any chances, that, that's foolish. We've seen that. We're actually pretty good at beating teams that are beneath, like, playoff caliber that's the one good thing we've done this year is it entirely is it going to happen of course, I, again like i said we're going to learn a lot sunday because the chargers are a playoff caliber team and we're going to find out what this coaching staff does and if they regress and go back to their old habits and put our players in position to fail now another name that popped up this week was because of Adam Schefter and Chris Mortensen. I guess Chris Mortensen was on Adam Schefter's podcast, and he had mentioned the name Russell Wilson, a name I mentioned, by the way, a couple weeks ago. I said if we were ever going to make a trade for any quarterback or move on from Jalen Hurts and, and try to draft one, what would be my you know ideal guy for us to target? And it was Russell Wilson, and that's the name you heard here because I still think Russell Wilson is a premier player. Now, he does have a massive salary. I know his playoff numbers have not been very good of late. But listen, if you're going to tell me we're going to move on from Jalen Hurts, the only acceptable answer to me is is Russell Wilson. He is a winner. I'm sorry. I don't care what you could point at. You could sit here. It's not an individual sport. It's the truth. And I get it. His salary is so big that it almost becomes an individual sport because he takes up you know, such a large portion of a salary cap that it is hard to build a team around a guy with that salary, hence why it's so advantageous to win with quarterbacks on rookie deals. Listen, plan one for me is let's figure out Jalen Hurts. Let's help this guy. Let's make him, let's develop Jalen Hurts and go from there. But if they are so hell-bent on getting a quarterback, that would be the guy. And I'm glad to hear that's the name, and I hope that's the name because I would rather him. I don't care about his age. Listen, I know he's 32, going to be 33. Listen, Russell Wilson takes phenomenal care of himself. He's never hurt. This is the first time. It's because he had a helmet that he's he got hurt. I'm more than happy to have a guy like Russell Wilson. If that's what the Eagles end up doing, that'd be the only one where I could sit back and go, okay, I understand. But if it's not him, it's Jalen Hurts, and I'm cool with Jalen Hurts. Like I said, I, I would rather the team use their draft picks here to try to fix the defense because, like I said, I just told you, there are lottery tickets, and I get a spoiler, we're not going to hit on all these lottery tickets uh, in terms of picking guys in the draft. So what I would do is I would take as many shots as I can and hope a couple stick because we're not going to get the number one pick. Kayvon Thibodeau is not going to be an eagle. It breaks my heart hearing that because that's the number one guy I would want. So, I mean, guys like Kyle Hamilton from Notre Dame, you know what I mean? That That's what you're going to start looking at. And I'm not saying he's not going to be a good player, but really Thibodeau would have been unbelievable to get. And the problem is if you trade for a guy like Russell Wilson, you're trading some of those big-time draft picks that you have. And, and I can assure you Seattle's going to say, give us that damn Miami pick. That's the number one pick they're going to want. Now, Let's think this. 
what else happened with the Eagles in terms of the roster for this season? Well, they released Eric Wilson, the linebacker. Go figure, right? It's like this, this is a common thing for this team right now. Every single season, every single season, we sign a linebacker, and it just seems to be that we release said linebacker midway through the season. Well, we released Eric Wilson. He was claimed by the Texans. Um, and, and you know what's funny? Let's talk talking about linebacker because the trade deadline. You know who teams were calling the Eagles about? They weren't calling him about you know Wilson. They weren't calling him about that. It was Alex Singleton. You know everybody thinks he stinks so bad, but numerous teams called the Eagles about Alex Singleton. Go figure. Because like I've said all along, Alex Singleton has potential. Alex Singleton is around the football. And the Eagles have, you know, essentially made him the third linebacker on this team, which I still don't get and I still don't understand. But, I mean, hey, they want to see Davion Taylor. And I guess, you know, I saw the film from the last game. I thought Davion Taylor didn't show out. Well, he did play a lot better than I thought. It was the Lions. And, again, I know people hate saying that, but that's where it is right now. And TJ Edwards, he played really good too. But I think if as your three linebackers there, Alex Singleton's still the best on this team. I know it. And the NFL told the Eagles this because that was the only one people were calling about. Now it looks like, like I said, the linebacking core going forward is going to be Edwards, Taylor, Singleton, Bradley will be a fourth guy. You know, I mean, we had too many linebackers on the roster to begin with. And Eric Wilson was like Velcro this year. So moving on from him is it actually is the right move. What another move they made, though, was they made a trade. And they traded for, like, their 15th cornerback this year. You know, the, the trades that they've done for corner. Josiah Scott. You know what I mean? Uh, Shock Ray. They picked him up off waivers. Mac McLean from Denver, ironically, as well. You know? Kerry Vincent Jr. They just traded for Ty Gowan with the Zach Ertz trade. So the Eagles are throwing a lot of darts here to try to fix this cornerback position with a lot of young guys. And Kerry Vincent was a seventh-round pick. He was a guy from LSU. He opted out of 2020, so his draft stock fell. And he wasn't playing with the Broncos, and the Eagles were able to pick him up for a six-round pick. Hey, uh, if they like the kid and they want to throw... Like I said, six-round picks to me are nothing, so I have no problem at all ever trading a six-round pick for anything, especially if it's somebody you do tend to like. Go ahead and do it. So what we had to do in correspondence to that is we cut Brett Toth, re-signed him to the practice squad, and then cut Craig James. So the Craig James era has ended here. He'll always be remembered for that unbelievable play in that Packers game, but he couldn't stay healthy. And they wanted Craig James to succeed here, trust me, but he just his health... Uh, hindered his you know chances of making this team and continue to be a player on this team and Brett Holt they were able to squeeze back on the practice squad which is somebody that they really like and uh, I'm shocked they cut him because he's got versatility playing tackle and guard but I thought maybe Jack Anderson but again they picked him up for a reason you know Suo Peta somehow staying on this team which blows my mind but um, that was the court the, the roster moves this week nothing came out on our th- uh, Jalen Rager I thought there was going to be a potential that he would go on to IR, but it looks like Jalen Rager's all good, which is crazy because, you know what I mean, he was carted off with an ankle. And generally when you see that, you don't think that somebody's going to be playing. But if you look at the injury report, he was limited. So, I mean, it looks like that means that he there's a very good potential he is going to play. Um, the rest of the practice um, injury report was Artega Whiteside didn't play. So, spoiler, John Hightower, who was protected this week, he's going to be called up. Fletcher Cox was uh, limited with his knee, but it was more so rest. rest. Uh, Jack Driscoll with his thumb was limited. Javon Hargrave with his shoulder was limited. Zach McPherson with his hamstring was limited. We just talked about Rager, who was limited. And then a full practice for 
Bradley, Anthony Harris, Lane Johnson, Jason Kelsey, and Jordan Mailata. Again, luckily, knock on wood, the Eagles are keeping themselves healthy. Now, let's talk about this Chargers game. But before I do, I do have a quick word here from Anchor. So this Chargers game is a huge litmus test. It really is. Justin Herbert popped up on their injury report this week with his right hand, but he was a full participant today, so he's going to play. So again, I know people were getting excited thinking that potentially he was going to miss the game. We don't want that. Like, you don't want that. Here's a spoiler. If you can't beat the Chargers at home, or you couldn't beat the Buccaneers, like, if you cannot beat any good teams... There, there's no point in making the playoffs because, spoiler, you're going to lose. So it's like, if that's what your goal is, to get one and done in the playoffs, then have at it. But I want Justin Herbert to play. I want him to be fully good to go. I don't want him to be hurt. I, I want to see what we got. I want to see if these coaches really learned anything. I want to see if this De- Detroit game was the mirage that you know it potentially can be because the Atlanta Falcons game was. They have really good receivers. Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. They have speed, you know, and that Palmer, that that kid from Tennessee, that was a guy that we were looking at. I, I liked him. You know what I mean? Like, they have speed at the wide receiver position. Austin Eckler is really good. He is an elite-level running back. You know, I mean, Rashawn Slater, a guy who could have been an eagle, their tackle. So, I mean, their offense presents a lot of challenges. Now, their defense, we should be able to run the football on. I mean, that they are not good at stopping the run. This isn't breaking news. That's the weak part of their team is stopping the run. And we ran the ball really well last week. It's just a, hey, are we going to keep up with it? You know what I mean? Because here's the thing. They're not going to score six points, the Chargers. So, I mean, yeah, it was easy to stick with the run last week because we were up by 41 points at one point. We're not going to be at 41 this week. So, I mean, do you stick with Boston Scott and Jordan Howard? Do you get Kenny Gainwell back into the action a little bit? I, I found that odd that Kenny Gainwell obviously was was limited. I know his snap count looked better, and his, at this box score at the end, you thought, oh, yeah, it really was a three-way guy. It wasn't. It was two-way, and he came in for garbage time. I'm not complaining because Boston Scott and Jordan Howard were really good. They played great. But, I mean, we have three running backs all do different things. I would try to get them all involved. Dallas Goddard is a huge problem right now. He's playing such good football. He's unguardable right now. We have to find a way to keep Dallas Goddard involved. He's our number one guy in terms of throwing the football. Devontae Smith. Got to get him going early. And I know last week we tried to get him with an early, easy pass, and he dropped it. Hey, so what? We can't quit on him. That's He's our number one receiver. We have to get Devontae Smith involved early. Just like he did in the uh, Chiefs game, and he went off. We need to get Devontae Smith involved early. we got to keep him up. You know, I, there's things that we have to, the coaches have to do. I know running the football, like running the football, Dallas got, like I get it, that's a lot of stuff. But that's what good coaches do. They they find a way to push the right buttons, get guys going. Jalen Hurts, obviously, I mean, he, he's got to play really good for us to win this game because the Chargers are going to score points. This can't be a game where in the third quarter, once again, it's 28-7. And we've left a lot of plays on the field. And it's funny, you hear that, by the way, the leaving the plays on the field. And you know who's leaving a lot of plays on the field? Patrick Mahomes. You know? And he's finally starting to catch some slack for it. But it's like every quarterback leaves plays on the field. 
Nobody plays perfect. Spoiler, Tom Brady leaves plays on the field. Patrick Mahomes, I just told you. Uh, the guy we're playing, Justin Herbert, every single quarterback does. I know Jalen Hurts is under a microscope because we're trying to evaluate if he is the quarterback of the future. And again, listen, there were some plays in those 14 passes. He missed Devontae Smith on an easy flat. Like they, they ran a flood concept and he was wide open. And then he had Quez on a crosser and he rolled out of a pocket that he shouldn't have rolled out of. He did another time as well where he rolled out of a pocket he shouldn't have rolled out of. That has to improve, of course. I, I Again, I'm with you there. I'm not sitting here and I'm going to say it's all like sunshine and rainbows. I, I want to see Jalen Hurts trusting his pocket more. And our offensive line played rather well because guess what? They were able to establish their dominance for once. They were able to go forward a couple times, get physical, get confidence. And then when they had to protect in the pocket, they'd already punched the defense so many times that they'd already beat up their defensive line and they were going to control their uh, their pass rush. That's why running the football is so important. But we we have to play a really good game here. Absolutely, 100%. It's a winnable game. But it's going to come down to the coaches. I really believe it. I think our coaching staff has to excel in this game. Because if we win this game, if the Eagles win this game, they get to 4-5. and five, We're starting to have a new conversation here. You know what I mean? It's a very new conversation. The playoffs become very real. Because you finally get that signature type win where you go, okay, we can beat a team with talent, like real talent. Listen, I'm not one of those guys who thinks any team gets better by missing the playoffs. And I know you could give me the examples of Washington made the playoffs last year and they collapsed this year, Chicago, and I understand that. There are absolutely exceptions to every rule, but I am a believer that winning breeds confidence and confidence breeds success and that's the way to win in the National Football League. I just don't think a loser's mentality of trying to have a higher draft pick is is always going to be successful. This isn't the NBA. You know, picking in the top five, I know in the NBA is essentially all your chance of getting any good players. But in the NFL, it's like you could find players all over the draft because it's the ultimate team sport. This is a huge test. It's a huge test for Jonathan Gannon, and it's a huge test for Nick Sirianni. But that's that's what this comes down to. These two idiots have, have, have just been so unbelievably bad at their jobs this season that we need to see if these two idiots can finally, finally turn the corner like they did last week and keep on that same direction. I want to see Jonathan Gannon because, again, guess what? If you ever thought he was going to go back to that prevent BS defense we've been playing, this is the week, right? You got Mike Williams. You got Keenan Allen. You got you, They got some talent. Like I said, they could stretch the field. So, I mean, really, and Justin Herbert could throw it. So if you're ever going to get in that too high shell and let Austin Eckler go for 500 yards underneath, that's what they could do here. Or you balls up and you take the chances you took last week, and I get it. You're probably going to get burned. When you play aggressive defense, you're going to get burned once in a while, but that's what it is. You have to trust your secondary. You have to trust Darius Slay. You have to trust Steven Nelson. Trust Rodney McLeod. Trust Marcus Epps right now, right? Or Anthony Harris if he's going to play, which it looks like he is. Trust Devontae Maddox. You know, trust the players to make plays. Are they going to get, yes, they're going to get beat. It's football. And Justin Herbert's really good. But, okay, if he beats you once, that's fine. I'd rather him beat us once 
than beat us 10 times for seven minutes every drive that they had. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'd rather just, if they're going to get a big play, they get a big play, that's fine. But I'd rather using that aggressiveness to hopefully limit them to how many plays they're able to run because we're able to get off the field more because we're, we're forcing them into third and longs. Don't let the Chargers get comfortable. This game's in Philadelphia. It's a big advantage. They're coming east, uh, west to east here. Uh, I know that's not the same advantage. Again, that doesn't work for Seattle because they come in here and they beat us every year. So I'm not sitting here saying that, like, oh, my gosh, we should be pounding and be pumped up that they have to come. That it, It's not what it was. But, hey, the Eagles stand a chance here to do something really, really good. They can win this game. I truthfully believe they can win this game. Now, again, on Sunday, if we go back to our old habits, you damn right, I'm going to un-freaking-leash on this coaching staff because that'll be it. That I, I will be calling for firings because, I mean, really, like at, at that point, and I know people sit there and say, that's an overdrama, overreaction. Look at how people can adjust, guys. We've seen that they now know what works, and I don't care. If you can, Like I said, if you want to use the excuse of the coaching staff or the teams they played, that's fine, but they've blasted two teams this year by just doing the things that we've been calling for them to do. Coaching with aggression, right? And again, they didn't really coach with aggression defensively against the Falcons, but they didn't put their safeties on Jupiter. I want to see Jonathan Gannon blitz. I want to see our defense blitz Justin Herbert. We got to hit him. Get him off his spot. The guy is dealing with an injury. You know what I mean? I'm not. I'm glad he's going to be able to play, but that doesn't mean that he's not going to be thinking about it. He's not going to want to get hit, right? If I was dealing with an injury, the last thing I want to do is have people keep hitting me all day because then you start thinking about it. I predicted the Lions last week. I'm going to predict the Chargers to win this week because, again, I'm not in the business of jinxing something that's good. But, I mean... Listen, if they play with aggressive aggressiveness, I think the Eagles will win. But again, I can't trust this coaching staff, so I would say Chargers 30, Eagles 20. And again, but if, if the coaches bring the same game plan they brought last week, absolutely the Eagles. I'm going to say the Eagles didn't win the game, 27-21. So there's your two scores. <laughs> but it's all codependent on what this coaching staff does. It's unbelievable. I know it's like sounding like a broken record, but that's really... The crux of what this comes down to. Of course, they can be aggressive and we can lose too. I'm not saying that that's not going to be like it's that easy. But I'm just saying that gives us our best chance to win. So everybody, I want you to stay safe, stay healthy, stay educated. Go Eagles. Go.